This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. teaching i've been teaching um about the three facets of our ministry who can remember them what are they upreach inreach outreach say it again what is it upreach inreach outreach and so we so the upreach portion has to do with us reaching up to god and i've said this several times that i think we do a great job in our inreach ministry or we're, we're working to do even better in that regard uh we're doing we we know how to do outreach that's something that we do regularly and i thank god for that but i think the area that god wants us to kind of focus on right now is our upreach ministry the ministry that we have to god so that's kind of what, we, what we've been talking about um I, I've, I've talked i've talked uh, to you guys uh, for the past couple of weeks about spending time with God, about setting a schedule, about having scheduled time with God, about setting an alarm. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody setting alarm, writing on your calendar to say, this is the time that I'm spending with God and making that time precious, making that time special um, and, and doing that intentionally, intentionally spending time with God. Um, I'm, I'm kind of coming to the end of my upreach um, um, talks. And so we're going to transition eventually to talking about the in reach, the things that we're going to do for ourselves. Um, the leadership team, we sat down last night. And so we've been talking about taglines and visions and so and the vision that God has given to us. So we, we've been having those talks and moving forward with that. Um, so tonight, I, I want to try my best. I want to try my best tonight. Um, tonight's goal is to help you to know what it should feel like um, when you are abiding in God's presence. I, I, I want tonight to create a feeling. I, I want you to feel what it, what it feels like or what it should feel like when you as a believer are abiding in the presence uh, of God. So if you will find Psalm 91, the 91st number of the book of Psalm, I, I want you to find that one. This is a very, very good Psalm. Um, and it's talking about abiding in the presence of God in their safety. So it's benefits of by abiding in the presence of God. But that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And um, I, we, we may get through um, a, a nice portion of this or we may we may get we may have to um, kind of come back next week and finish up. But I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to give you eight points. I, I, I did some digging. Because I wanted to know, you know, what scholars and theologians and certain commentaries were saying about this whole abiding uh, in the presence of God. I wanted to know what that was because I, I want to know what that means. Um, because I like the sound of abiding in God's presence. How many of y'all like the sound of abiding in God's presence? You like the sound of that, you know, living in God's presence, being there. But but I want to I want to know that I want to know that more intimately. I want to know that more personally. And so we've kind of taken some time and we've we've looked at some things. I'm going to give you about eight points um, about living, uh, living in or abiding in God's presence. Look at uh, the first verse in Psalm 91. The first verse, it says, he who dwells, the word dwell means to remain or to stay or to inhabit. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high, he who stays, remains, 
inhabits in that secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who stays in that in the presence of God, or he who he who abides in the presence of God, there there's some benefits to abiding in the presence of God. And so as I was thinking about this, I was praying and I said, you know what? I'm 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 wondering, I'm considering what does it what does it mean to abide in God's presence? Because the reality is is God is everywhere. He's he's, he's omnipresent. So he's everywhere at all times, but but many times uh his manifest presence or his his tangible, touchable, feelable presence is not is not always with us or it's not always with me. I know he's there um, through a mental ascent, but I don't always feel his presence. I don't always feel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, 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 so here's what I'm talking about. I want to talk about um, um, those who, who live life a life of communion with God. Those who live a life of communion with God. Um, here's, here's, here's the first point. And, and I wrote these in with I statements. I am statements because I want them to become real to you. I want these statements to become real to you. For many of you, what I'm going to share with you right now is going to be a revelation for you. This is going to be a huge revelation for you. And it's going to be something that you've never considered, something that you've never thought about. For some of you, it's going to be, it's going to be a good test for you. For some of you, you're going to say, okay, I'm doing that. And I experienced that. I know what that right there feels like. And so, so for wherever you fall on the spectrum, I pray that you just, you grab what you need. Number one, number one, this whole sense of dwelling in the secret place or dwelling in the presence of God. Number one is I am at home in God. I am at home in God. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever stayed away from your house for a certain length of time? You're stayed away from your house. Okay, put your hand down. Well, what's the longest you've ever stayed away from your house? The longest. Somebody tell me. How many? Five months. Five mo- Ooh, five months. Oh, my God. How many? You stayed a week? You stayed a month away from your house? Somebody else? A year. He stayed a year from his house. How, how long did you stay away? Six months. Two years away from her house. Two years away from my house. Y'all almost don't like your house. Amen. <laughs> Say two, two years. Two years away from my house. Now, she was in the military. I get it. I get it. Okay, now watch this. Now, watch this. Now, now Trina and I, we've had the opportunity to kind of go off and travel, and we enjoy doing that. And I, I enjoy, you know, having a huge, you know, that king-size suite. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, that good remote control and that air conditioning. Amen. It, it feels real good. Laying in them big old, them big old plush pillows and... You know, land on them goose down uh, uh, comforters, and that's all fine and dandy. And I enjoy it, and that's cool. But after a while, <laughs> come on, somebody know what I'm talking about. A- 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 after a while, oh, listen, after a while, I could care less about a goose. I, <laughs> I mean, I could care less about a pillow. I could care less about a king-size mattress. I could care less about that. All I want to do is just go to my house. Oh, I got my bed and wore out just perfect. I, y'all know, I just, I just want to, I want to go home. You know what? And I love all of y'all and I love seeing y'all and I get so excited when I'm coming to church. But when all y'all leave this building, I just, I want to go home. So, so how does it feel when you get home? How does that feel? 
Oh, it feels so good. Feel wonderful. Now, don't, don't go home and, and you left the air at a good temperature. Woo! You walk in, the temperature just right. Ha, say again. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you get back to the house. And, 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 and don't mess around and have some good leftovers left over. Woo, Lord Jesus. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to cook anything. You look in the refrigerator and some, and, and watch this. Don't mess around and be just about groceries before you left the first time. Woo, you come back and your cupboards are filled and you've got some groceries. You got some food in the refrigerator. Oh my God. You feel, oh man, you put on that, you put on that doggone moo moo. You put that moo on and man, listen, you're done for the day. It is over. I'm not going anywhere else. I don't care to, oh, and don't mess around, Lord. Don't mess around and have some bluebell ice cream in the freezer. Woo. Woo, I know I'm starting something. But you are so glad just to be home. That's what it should feel like when you're in the presence of God. It ought to, you ought to, the the same way you just want to get back home. That's the way you ought to feel when you hadn't, when you hadn't felt God's presence in a while. You ought to say, God, I just want to be at home in God. The same way you feel about that mattress is the same way you ought to feel about your God. And God's created the mattress. The same way you feel about going home, we ought to feel that way about God's presence. That's what the psalmist is trying to get us to understand, that abiding in God's presence is like being at home in his presence, being comfortable in his presence, desiring to be in his presence. I'm talking about where you can't wait to just get to get alone with God. You can't wait to go there. You can't wait to just go and relax in his presence. And you you at work and you can't wait to get some alone time so you can just go and be at home with God. Do y'all feel that? Woo, that's a good feeling right there. That's a good feeling right there. You know, to be at home with God. Be at home. So that's what we're talking about abiding. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, point number two. Point number two is I return to God. No matter where I go, no matter where I am, I'm always going to return back to God. I'm always coming back home to him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, uh, for, for a long time, you know, I was bivocational. My wife was at home. And so when I would leave, I would always come back home to her. And so no matter where you are, no matter where you are physically or geographically, you know, your mindset ought to be when I come back, I'm returning home to God. I'm coming back to God. I return back to God. I'm coming back to him. Hallelujah. You know what? So, so yeah, I got busy today and I've been working and I, I've got a job to do. And so I, I was at work doing my job. But guess what? When the job is over, I'm going right back to God. I'm going right back to him. When I get in the car, I'm going right back to him. Glory to God. When I wake up, I'm going right back to him. I'm just going to keep going back to God. I'm going to keep going back to him. Glory to God. Watch this. Watch this. You know, um, I, I had a puppy one time and, and, you know, sometimes puppies do stuff in the house that they shouldn't do. Hallelujah. And you have to kind of get on to them. Watch this. And even after you get on to them and they tuck their tail between their leg and they run off, watch this. You can call them right back. And that same puppy you just finished whooping. 
That same puppet will run, come right back to you. Watch this. Watch this. See if this makes sense. See if this makes sense. Because some you, you had an animal, you know what I'm talking about. A dog, after you even give, give it a spanking, a dog will come, will come right back to you. See if this makes any sense. So see if it makes sense. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Though you slay me. I'm going to return back to you. Glory to God. No matter what I go through, no matter what I have to deal with, watch this. No matter how you have to discipline me, I'm going to come right back to you every time. So that, so that's, that's what God is saying to us that no matter what happens in our lives, our mindset needs to be that I'm always going to go back to God. No matter what happens, watch this. If somebody in my family dies, I'm going back to God. If I lose my job, I'm going back to God. If I lose all my money, I'm going back to God. If I lose the court case, I'm, I'm going to always find my way back to him. I'm going to always go to him. I'm going to always return to him. I'm going to always come back to him. Now, number three, number three, I find rest or repose in God. I find rest in him. I find when I'm abiding in God's presence, I find rest in his presence. I go to God to find rest. I go to his presence and I find rest in his presence, um, not just not just natural rest, but spiritual rest and emotional rest and, and mental rest. I'm going and I'm going to find this by abiding in God's presence where I. So so whenever whenever I'm overwhelmed or whenever my, my brain is overwhelmed or overcharged, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to find rest in him. I'm going to find, watch this. Even if I go on vacation, thank God for vacation. But guess what? My rest is not in my vacation. My rest is always in God. Thank God for the vacation. And we need them. We have to take that Sabbath day rest and we have to take some time off. But I'm going to always find my rest in him. No matter what I'm going through in my life, my rest is going to be in God. Hallelujah. So you know what that means? You know what that means? When I'm tired and at the end of the day and, uh, you know, I, my, 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 my nerves are frazzled, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find my rest in God. I'm going to go and I'm going to turn on some, 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 some music, some, some Christian music. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'm open up my Bible. I'm going to read something. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to one of my favorite sermons. I'm going to go there and I'm going to find my rest in him. I'm going to find my rest in him. There's nothing like putting some earbuds in your ear and just pulling around out in the yard or cleaning the yard or with your earbuds in and just finding that rest in him. That's what he's talking about, abiding in God's presence, is I find my rest in him. Did, did you know that you can go on vacation and come back just as tired as you were when you left? That's why you have to take a vacation after your vacation. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You know why? Because you didn't find real rest. Glory to God. You, you didn't find real rest. You took some days off, but you didn't rest. You know why? Because you never cast your cares on him. You, you, you still carried that burden. You still, you, people couldn't see it, but you still carried that burden. Glory to God. You were carrying it the whole time. You were carrying that burden. And you carried it. It's, it's almost like it's almost like a light inside of your trunk that never went off. And every time you try to crank your car, the battery's dead. You don't understand why, but that light in your trunk has been on the whole time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's what happens. That's what happens with many people is that because we don't spend enough time in his presence to give those things to God. Watch this. Watch this. You, you've got to spend enough time in God's presence for, to, to where he can tell you what's wrong with you. 
Because scripture says that, scripture says like this, that we don't know what to pray for as we are. <laughs> Glory to God. You don't know, you don't, you don't know what's, bo- sometimes, you know, you ever see a kid that start crying, you ask them why they're crying, they say, oh no. Many times they don't know why they're crying. Guess what? There are some adults who are just like that. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just irritated today for some reason. Watch this. You know who we call it? Here's what we call it. We said we woke up on the wrong. Yeah. Oh, so y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed. That there's, that there's something irritating you. There's something, there's something in your spirit. You ever wake up and, and you just had something in your spirit and you just didn't know what it was. You know how to define it. You know how to describe it, but it was just something. You know, I mean, raise your hand if that ever happened to you. You were just bothered. There was something in your spirit that just bothered you and you had no idea what it was. You know what you ought to do? Return to God. Go get in his presence. Take you some time to say, you know what? I got to figure this out I, because something is, something is in my spirit. There, there's, a, there's a check engine light on in my spirit. So I've got to go back in God's presence and I've got to find out what this is. So you know what you do? You go and find you some quiet time. There, there may be some time doing lunch. You say, you know what? Instead of eating during lunch, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to fast during lunch. I'm just going to spend some time with God because I got to figure this out, what's going on in my spirit. Because God may be trying to make you aware of something. God may be trying to prepare you for something, something that's coming up. But what we try to do is we try to we try to fight our way through it without taking the time to go back and try to discern from the Holy Spirit what this is and why am I feeling like this? You know what? That's why we have to we have to abide in God's presence. Number four, I acquaint myself with inward religion. I acquaint myself with inward religion. This is what it means to abide. It is acquainting ourselves. Religion simply means believing in a higher power, believing that there is a higher power and the higher power that we understand is God himself. It is Jehovah God. It is Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It is their God. So we believe in that God. But you know what? But it it can't just be, it can't just be, and your your walk with God can't just be an outward demonstration. It can't be an outward display. That there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a change that's happening in your heart. Here's how you know. Here's how you know. Does sin really bother you? Or do you pick the sin that bothers you? Does all of them bother you? Or just a few that you really don't like? You, you, you deal with the rest of them. You, you know, yeah, she said, ouch. I hear you, Sister Sue. She said, ouch. Hallelujah. <laughs> But, but, but no, 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 here, no, that's the question. Because there's, there is, uh, in our society today, there are factions in our society that's trying to push sin on the public. As a matter of fact, there's, there's a new sitcom that's coming out. I won't dare call the name, but a new sitcom that's coming out where there, there are three, there's a man and two women living in the same house. And, and the, the, one, the woman is trying to get the other woman cool with all of them uh, being sexually active together. But they're all living together. And, and, and watch this. They, they push it as a comedy. Like this is funny. We're going to make this comical. But guess what? Guess what? You know, you, know, you, know why, you know why they can do that and continue to get away with it? Because the church is silent. I remember a time. I remember. I'm old enough to remember. Y'all remember when Sears and Roebuck? When they started to do these commercials and they put them women on, on TV in they, uh, in them, uh, in them, in them pantyhose. Y'all don't remember that. Man, people would call the TV station 
I remember that. They would call the television television station and they would demand you take that off the TV. How dare you put that on? Listen, when Dukes, when Daisy wore them. <laughs> y'all laughing, but I'm going to tell you something. We couldn't watch the Dukes of Hazzard because of doggone Daisy. <laughs> no, you can't watch Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> we can watch all my children. Yeah, watch Young and the Restless. And watch no Dukes of Hazard. I used to like the General Lee. <laughs> but I, 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 I remember, I remember that time. I remember that. But guess what? We've come so far from that now to where now, man, anything is permitted. I'm talking on regular television. So watch this. So watch this. So watch this. Here's my question. Here's my question. When the spirit of conviction comes upon you, do you change the channel? Wait a minute. What about you bought the ticket? You bought the ticket. You didn't investigate it. You didn't read the previews. You went to the movie. And they was getting buck wild. In the movie. Did you stay there? And a hush. Fills the room. <laughs> but this thing has got to be on the inside of us. This can't just be something that we talk about on Sunday. It's something that, that, that we get up and pretend to be, you know, spiritual when all the spiritual people come together. It's got to be something that's on the inside. This stuff, listen, this has to be down on the inside of us. You know why? Because man looks on the outside, but God's looking at your heart. We spend so much time trying to convince people that we're doing better. And God is saying your heart is still nasty. Your heart is still messed up. You still entertain things that should, that, that should gross you out on the inside. So this stuff has to be on the inside of us. It can't just be on the outside. God's presence has to be with us. You know, you, you, you know, the, having the fear of God, the word fear of God simply means being aware of God's constant presence in our lives. That's what it means. It means always being aware that God's presence is always there. So here's my question. If God is seated right beside you watching that movie, if his manifest presence, if you saw the, the, the cushion on your couch sink in and you know God is sitting right there, would you keep watching that movie? I remember a time when the preacher would come to the house. That was just something we just couldn't watch on TV, Jack. Because, because we, honored, we honored his presence. Now watch this. Isn't it sad that we're in, a, we're in a day where we'll honor a preacher more than we honor God himself? Isn't that? that but that's, that's where we are. That's why this, is, this has got to be on the inside. If, if, listen, so what we do, you know what we say? We say, God, the things that break your heart, let them break my heart. Hallelujah. And you start praying that. 
And, you know, there, there are some shows that, that I, 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 I enjoyed at first. And then they, you, can, you can start seeing these agendas being pushed. You can start seeing, like, wait a minute. Why are they, why are they, why are they kissing? They the same sex. Why are they doing that? Why are they putting that on national television? I saw y'all sneak that in there. Little, little commercials. Men holding hands. They're short real quick and then take off. I saw that little image. You can't, you're not slick. That, that's, that's why we have to train up our children. We got to, we, we got to, we, we got to lift the standard. God has set a standard in the earth. And for so many, for so many people, we've started to digress and we've tried to back up from the standard. But the Christians have got to set the standard. You got to set the standard. I don't care what kind of drugs they come out with. As a believer, you shouldn't be smoking. Come on, we got to set a standard. We have to set a standard. There's got to be a there's got to be a difference between 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 the world and the church. There's got to be a difference, and the church has got to stop being like trying to become the world because the world's so sure not trying to become the church. We've got to set a standard. There's got to be a there's got to be a difference between clean and unclean and holy and un- unholy. There has to be a difference, and don't be afraid to teach the difference. Don't be afraid to be the difference. No matter where you are, no matter where you are in your life, no matter where you are in your job, I don't care. Don't be afraid to be the difference. Learn to be the difference. That's what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be the difference. And this thing has to be on the inside of us. Glory to God. If, if you're single, you shouldn't be shacking. I got one clap. You hear that one clap I got? I'll take it. I got one. That's all I need. Two or three. It's two or three of us gathered in his name. There's got to be a standard. There's got to be a standard. And that's what God is saying to us. Is there got to be a standard? If you're married, you shouldn't be flirting with anybody else. If you're married, you can't have a person of the opposite sex as your best friend. I know you don't like that. It's tight, but it's right. Come on, man. We, we've got, we've got to, we've got to go back and get the standard. But guess what? No matter where you are, you can always return back to God. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Woo, you can always return back to him. We've got to, we've got to set the standard. Got to set the standard. Now, number five, number five. Will you turn that air condition down, Brother Scott? Number five. Um, 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 this is supposed to be I make. I put an S on. I'm sorry. I make heart work of the service of God. Take that S off there. Did you do it? Take that S off there if you can, Jerry. I make heart work. Of the service of God. In other words, in other words, thank you. When I work for God, I work from my heart. I don't do it for a paycheck. I don't do it for pats on the back. I don't do it for recognition. I don't do it for any of that. I do it from a heart that just loves God. And let me tell y'all something, man. And I say this all the time. When you volunteer for God, you are on God's payroll. And God pays good, y'all. God pays real good. Those of you that are not working for God, listen, you're missing out on bonus checks and you're missing out on, amen, you're missing out on healings and you're missing out on, you know, favor. You're missing out on a whole bunch of stuff by not working for God. And watch this. Now, I got, I got to be honest with you. Your coming to church is not you working for God. 
You coming to church is about you. It's not about him so much. It's about you receiving so that you can go to work for him. The work is not done in this room. The work is done when we get outside this room. This is just a dugout. This is where we hold the huddle. This is where we come for the pep rally. But the work happens outside those doors. How many souls are you winning for Christ? How many people are you trying to disciple? How many, how many, how many people are you witnessing to every day? What are you doing for God? What are you, what is your service that you're offering to him? What's your service? Many people, many people think that they did God a favor because they got saved. And we just stop. We just stop. Got all these volunteer opportunities. And you just sit back, oh, I don't want to do that one. I ain't going to no parking lot. Uh-uh. I don't be no us. But you know what? A psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wicked. You know so what he said? He says, you just make me a doorkeeper in the house. You know, in other words, God, you've been so good to me that God, watch this, if I can vacuum floors for you, God, I'll do it. If I claim, for God, you've been so good to me. If I can clean a toilet for you, God, I'll do it. God, whatever you want me to do. Why? Because I make hard work of my service to God. When I come to church, I don't come, I don't come asking what, what my church can do for me. I come asking, what can I do for my church? I want to find something to do. I'm going to be available. Glory to God. Whatever God wants me to do. And I'm going to serve from a heart that is in love with God. See, when, when you're in love with somebody, you'll do whatever they ask. Woo! When me and Trina first met, I lived in Colleen. She lived in Longview. She said, you coming down here? I said, I'm on my way, baby. <laughs> I was in the army. <laughs> I would pack up on Friday night. Excuse me, on Thursday night. And when we saluted, dismiss. I was unbuttoning my shirt, getting in the car. I would listen. I would change clothes on I twenty. I would set my car on cruise control, and I'd be undoing my boots. I got my shoes over in the other seat. Boy, you should have seen me. I would catch Charlie horses <laughs> trying to take that boot off. <laughs> <laughs> but I would do anything to get to her whatever she wanted to do whatever she wanted to do I would do it it came time on you know Sunday which, when it was time for me to go she didn't want me to t- I see her with them laser beams in the back of my head I feel them I wanted to leave early She said, do you have to leave right now? I said, no. <laughs> Another hour later, man, it's, it's getting real late now. I'm going to be hurting. She said, baby, you know, time, by the time you leave, I leave right now. I'll, I'll, make it, <laughs> I'll be able to get into bed and, and get about a couple hours of sleep. And she said, do we have to leave right now? I said, no. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but guess what I would do? See, see what I'm saying was, what I'm, she was so in my heart that no matter what she asked me to do, I, I was willing to do it. Listen, I would leave, I would leave her house just in time to, to make it to formation. I would, 
when I leave, I'm on my way back to clean. The sun was coming up, chickens were crowing, and I'm saying, oh my God. And I would make them same boots that I was wrestling to get off. I was wrestling trying to get that same boot back on in the car just so I can stand up in formation that Monday morning. But whatever it took, whatever it took, because she was in my heart. That's how we are to fall in love with God. God, whatever you want me to do. Listen, I've never seen a time where people, where people are trying to be so selective about what they want to do for God. And, and God, listen, God is always pushing you out of your comfort zone. So many people just want to stay in their comfort zone. And this is just what I want to do right here. And, and God having, God, listen, you might, that, that might be where God's going to work you eventually, but God's got to start you out over here in order to work you to right here. You want to just skip over all of the stuff that you got to learn over there to get to right here. But God is saying, listen, you've got to be willing to do whatever I need for you to do to get where I need for you to be. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. Nobody, nobody starts at the 12th grade. You got to start down there in elementary school. You got to go to kindergarten. There's some things you got to go through. There's some things you got to learn. There's some things you got to get in you before God can use you to your full potential. But so many people are saying, you know what? I just don't want to do that. God's called some of y'all to speak. And you stiff on God so many times. I ain't getting up there. Here's your excuse. I'm not a speaker. Child, you be on the phone for 14 hours a day. Talking about you ain't no speaker. You, much as you talk, I'm not a speaker. You talk all the time. What you mean you're not a speaker? But it's not, it's not in our hearts. At least not, not like it used to be. It's not in our hearts. And don't mess around and let church go over the time when it's supposed to be dismissed. The preacher be up praying, y'all be like, oh, Lord, here we go. Some of y'all be standing up asleep, holding on to the back of the chair. I see y'all. Because somebody said, don't look back here. I won't. Uh-uh. I'm going to come back. I ain't going to look back. I'm going to put this phone right up under your nose. Let you wake yourself. You ever snore so loud you woke yourself up? But it's got, it's got to be, it's got to be in our heart. It's got to be in our heart. Number six, number six, I worship behind the veil. I worship behind the veil. You know what that means? That means that, that means that I've conducted my life in such a way that the veil doesn't restrict me from going behind it. That I'm able to go into God's holy presence. Glory to God. I don't worship superficially. I don't worship in the church. I'm in the church, but I'm really behind the veil worshiping. I'm really behind the veil, you know, because because uh, back in back in the Old Testament, when the priest would go to offer sacrifices, watch this. The Bible says that the veil had no cut in it. There was no rent in the veil because, listen, if that if the veil was already torn, because when we think of a veil, we think of the one like on a stage where where the veil, where the the curtain comes together. And we think that there you can open it and step behind it. But the Bible says that the veil had no cut in it. The veil had no tear whatsoever. So watch this. Watch this. 
So what happened was, was the priest, when the priest would go behind the veil, the priest would, if, if their life was good and they, they had done all the things that they need in preparation to go into the Holy of Holies, they would step through the veil supernaturally. It was a supernatural transition. They would step through the veil. Now watch this. If their life was jacked up, they would hit the curtain and bounce back. Now, now that, there's, a, that, there's, a old, that, that, there's some old traditional things that people say that they tied a rope around the priest. And if he went in there and the bell stopped jingling, they would pull him out. Well, listen, well, the, the Bible doesn't agree with that. The Bible doesn't say that at all. This was a supernatural going behind the veil. And, and it was it was indicative that that priest's life, that his lifestyle, that he had done all the things in preparation for him to get behind the veil. So you know what that means? That means that means that before I worship, I examine myself. It's kind of like communion. Glory to God. Before I come to church, I deal with my sins before I lift. You know why? Because I want to lift up holy hands before God. I can't come to God. My hands are dirty and my mind is nasty and I've done some things the night before. Guess, guess what? Before I come in God's presence, I've got to examine myself. I want to worship behind the veil. I want to experience God's presence every time I come into the house of God. I don't want to just experience him every now and then. No, I want to experience God every Sunday. God said, if you, he said, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you call upon me, he said, I'll draw near unto you. So God is saying that to all of us. So you know what? So before worship, man, we got to examine ourselves. On our way to church, you ought to be, listen, have I done anything? God, if, if, I, if, I, if I've committed any sin, God, forgive me. See, we, see, we, we have to, we, we've got to get back to the reverence of God's presence. We don't reverence God's presence anymore. We don't, we don't reverence God's presence. We come in church and we sit in church and, and, and our minds are running. We get all kind of stuff going on in our minds and, and we have not yet considered you're in the presence of the almighty God. And we have to examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. I can't, I can't come in here and worship and I just, I just and talk bad to my wife and come in here and be speaking to all y'all. My wife and I get to arguing now. You know what I do? I say, baby, let's pray. I got to deal with this. I can't let the sun go down on my wrath. I'm not going, I want to go to bed mad because the Bible told me not to do that. I got to deal with that. I don't want to give place to the devil. So baby, get, let, let's go ahead and pray. We, we both mad. So this is a good time to pray. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Pray with your kids. When you get mad at them, put them to the side and say, baby, let's pray. Let's pray because we want, we want to make sure we invite God in this situation. And we're going to pray together. And that's okay. You know why? Because I'm examining myself because I want to worship behind the veil. Have you ever been in church? Everybody around you is worshiping and you didn't feel a thing. People are shouting and people are running and you just sitting there, you don't, you don't feel a thing. You're sitting there dry as a biscuit. Worship is gone. People got their hands lifted. You know people are being blessed. People are being slain in the spirit. Folks are falling out under the anointing and you just sitting there with your little crazy self. Just looking. You know why? Because you're not behind the veil. 
When you're behind the veil, when somebody else rejoices, it makes you rejoice. When somebody else is being blessed, it makes you be blessed. When somebody else is being healed, there's a healing that manifests on the inside of you. When somebody else is crying, it makes you cry. You know why? Because you're behind the veil. You're in God's intimate presence. Woo! There's nothing like worshiping behind the veil. Woo! I'm talking getting you an ugly cry in. When's the last time you had an ugly cry? When you had that little clear piece of water run out your nose. I probably shouldn't have said that on live TV. I said live TV. <laughs> that was funny to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> but when was the last time, when was the last time you really felt God's presence in worship? When was the last time? You know why? Because you hadn't examined yourself in a while. Is there any hidden sin? The Bible says if a man covers his sin, that he won't prosper. You won't prosper if you got hidden sin. Listen, if, if you're a husband and wife and you're secretly mad at your husband and you haven't dealt with that, guess what? You can't go behind the veil. You're going to hit that curtain and fall back. <laughs> have you dealt with that? Have you dealt with that? I said, have you dealt with that? You mad at your wife? Have you dealt with that? Have you looked at yourself? Have you looked? Do, uh, have you stole some stuff from work? Oh Lord, you you hear that? <laughs> oh Lord Jesus! No, have, have have you have you examined yourself? Have you looked at you? It's so easy to see everybody else's mess. But God is calling you to look at your stuff, to look at your junk. Your stuff stink just like theirs stink. You got to learn to look at yourself. We got to learn to examine ourselves so we can worship behind the veil. God said, God said, you know, uh, who shall ascend on his holy hill? He said, he that hath clean hands and a clean heart that has not lifted up his soul to the, e to the evil one. That's what God is saying to, that's what God is saying to us. He wants to be able to lift up holy hands. Woo. It's a beautiful thing when you come in God's presence and you've dealt with your sin. And you've dealt with your stuff. And you've repented to God. And you've gone out before, you've gone back before God. And you've stayed in God's presence. See, when you stay in God's presence, it don't take much when you've been, when you're in his presence. Woo, it don't take much. Oh, when you come in his presence. You, watch this, you enter into his presence with singing. You enter into his gates with praise. You, matter of fact, you come in with praise on your lips. Matter of fact, you don't even wait on the music to start. You come in. You're like, hey, how you doing? Glory to God. I'm so glad to see you. I'm excited to be here. And boy, the music start playing. You be like, oh yeah, buddy. Let's go. And boy, you, listen, you, they don't ever tell you to stand up and you sitting there with your little cute self. You just sitting there because they're not playing your song and you just sitting there waiting on your song. Everybody up praising and dancing, and you just sitting there with your cute self. Do you not realize that we're in the presence of the most high God, and you have the audacity to sit there with your cute self, 
knowing it was God that it was God that created the clothes that you're wearing. It was God that gave you the eyes to see. It was God that gave you the hands to clap. It was God that gave you the ability to create wealth. It was God that made ways for you out of no way. It was God that drew you out of darkness into a marvelous light. It was God that saved you from the detriments of hell and damnation. It was God and you have the audacity to sit in God's presence and this is a service in his honor listen I dare not be quiet I'm going to lift up my voice I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to thank God that I was once lost glory to God but now I'm found I was once blind but thank God that now I see I'm going to lift up my voice I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to give God everything that I can give him that belongs to him somebody right now you owe God a praise you ought to open up your mouth right now and just say God I thank you God I love you God, I praise you. God, I bless your holy name. God, I give you glory. God, I give you glory. Everything that happened to me that was good, God did it. Glory to God. Touch somebody and tell them, I can't thank him enough. Come on, touch him and tell him. I can't thank him enough. I can't praise him enough. I can't love him enough. I can't give to him enough. I can't serve him enough. I can't walk with him enough. I can't spend enough time with him. I've got to stay in the presence of the Lord because God has been so good. He's been so good. He's been so good. He looked beyond my faults. I wish I had about 17 of y'all in here that can say, thank God that he looked beyond. He saw what I did, but he looked beyond my fault. Come on, man. He looked beyond my fault, and he saw how much I needed a Savior. Thank God for saving me. I didn't save myself. Y'all be seated. You didn't save yourself. You ought to thank God. I want to worship behind the veil. I don't want to worship in the outer courts. I don't want to worship in the inner courts. I want to go behind the veil. I want to be in God's intimate presence. I want to be in God's manifest presence. When I lift my hand, I want to touch his hand. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I want to touch his glory. I just want to grab the hem. Y'all better help me preach. I want to grab the hem of his garment because I know I'm going to be made whole. Just want to be in his presence. I want to worship in his presence. There's healing in his presence. There's joy in his presence. There is peace in his presence. There is tranquility in his presence. There is safety in his presence. There is love in his presence. There is togetherness in his presence. There is peace and love and harmony and joy. I thank God for his presence. I want to worship behind the veil. I'm tired of standing outside looking in. I want to be in his presence. I want to feel him. I want to know him that I may know him. Have fellowship with his suffering. I want to know him. I want to know him and the power of the resurrection. I want to know him. In order to know him, I got to deal with me. I got to die to myself so I can live to him. Y'all hearing that? I got to present my body. That means there's some things I want to do I can't do anymore because I'm a living sacrifice. 
There are some things I want to watch I can't watch anymore because I'm a living sacrifice. There's some places I want to go that I can't go anymore because I'm a living sacrifice. There's some conversations that I used to could have that I can't have anymore because I'm a living sacrifice. I, I, and, and God said, he said, that's my reasonable service. He said, present yourself holy and acceptable unto God. Why? Because that's how you're going to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. That's how you're going to prove it by presenting yourself. God is calling the church back to holiness. God's calling us back to holiness. He's calling us back to his intimate presence. There's something that God wants to do in this end time harvest. Pastors are rallying. Churches are coming. Churches are trying to figure out how to come together. We've been divided for so long. Churches, because people sense that God wants to do something in the city. God wants to do something. And people are trying to figure this thing out. But guess what? We're going to deal with ourselves. We got to deal with the stuff that divides us for so long. We got to deal with that. And God is calling the body of Christ. He's calling the body of Christ back together. You know why? So we can worship behind the veil again. He wants us to worship behind the veil. Glory to God. That's what God wants us. He wants us in his presence. The Bible says that God talked to Moses like a man talks to his friend. And God says to all of us, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant knoweth not what his master doeth. He said, but I've called you my friend. Because everything I'm doing, I've made, I've made you aware of what I'm doing because you're my friend. That's what God calls us. We're friends of God. There's some work that we have to do. We got to worship Worship behind the veil. Number seven, I love to be alone with God. I love to be alone with God. I, I put this in an I statement because I want to make this real for you. I love to be alone with God. So when you read this, you can read it prophetically. When you read your notes, you can read your notes prophetically. And you can see, so you can look at it. And that needs to be your clarion call. I love to be alone with God. Thank God for my wife, and I love being in my wife's presence. But guess what? There are times that I just want to be alone with God. I just want to walk around outside and just talk to him. I want to go sit out on the porch sometime, just be alone. No, no, no agenda. You know, I just, want, I just want to go outside and just talk to the Lord. I love just being alone with God, just hanging out with him, just waking up in the morning. I, y'all, I, 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 I love the breaking of day. Woo! Oh, I love the breaking of the day, especially now in this season. When, you know, you know, when, when your blinds light up, that first little light, when your blinds first get light in the morning, they was dark all night. And then that, that first little light, when you can walk outside and you can, you can kind of see some of the houses on the street and you can hear those birds. Oh, man, you can hear those birds. Those birds be singing. Those birds be looking for crickets. Be looking for little bugs. Oh, that's beautiful. And you can walk outside early in the morning and the wind blowing. I, I, I walked outside early, early one morning and my neighbor, you know, was walking down the street and they waved at me, kind of looked at me kind of weird. And I was like, why are they looking at me like that? And I got to thinking the Holy Spirit said, you forgot to comb your hair. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> the afro is hard work. <laughs> And when the wind blow, I look like Don King. Everything kind of. (laughs) 
love to be alone with God. And number eight, for sake of time, I converse with God in solitude. I converse. This is what it means to abide in the presence of God. I, I converse with God. I talk with God in solitude. Isn't that amazing? Stay with me, Jerry. Hallelujah. I converse with God. Jerry, stay with me. Jerry, Jerry, stay with me. Jerry, Jerry, you're supposed to be conversing with God. You back there. Yeah. See that? See, that's why we can't go on live TV yet. That's why we got to work through this kind of stuff. Yeah. We're a work in progress, y'all. Pray for it. We're going to get there. I promise we're going to get there. Yeah, we're going we to get there. We're going to get there. Hallelujah. I got to I gotta converse with Jerry when, we, when this is over with. <laughs> but I converse with God. And so when, when I'm alone, watch this. When I'm alone, I don't always reach for Facebook. When I'm alone, I don't always have to take my phone in the bathroom with me. When I'm by myself, I just, I love spending time with God. I want to talk to God. When, when, when I'm alone, instead of grabbing my phone, I grab my Bible. I take the word of God. Matter of fact, I don't, I don't take my phone because there's too many gadgets, too many buttons on my phone, too many things that could, that could, that could interfere with, with my time with God. So I just, I just take my Bible because, because when I'm in solitude, I want to converse with God. I just want to talk with him. I want to spend some time with him. So when I'm alone, watch this. So when I'm alone, I, I, don't, I don't sin when I'm alone. I've learned how to be alone and still honor God even in my solitude. I've learned how to be alone with myself and still honor him. Because I can, during that time I'm by myself, that's when I talk with God. That's when I converse with him. That's when I talk with him. Will you bow your heads? Father. Oh, God. Father, you've said so much tonight, Lord, and uh, our, hearts are, our hearts are full. God, there is so much, Lord, that you are requiring of us. Um, God, forgive us for being so lax in certain areas. And God, forgive us for not honoring you and not reverencing your presence as we should have. God, forgive us. God, for bumping into the veil and then just turning around, going back, Lord, and not examining ourselves. But, Father, moving forward from this night, God, we're going to do our best, God, to walk and to operate, God, in your divine presence. Father, we're going to do our best to lift up holy hands and clean hands before you. Lord God, we pray now, Father, that you would purge us with hyssop. Father, we pray that you would wash us that we may be clean. Father, we, 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 God, we lay our sin out before you and we ask you, God, to forgive us of all of our sins, the things that we did. Our